You are live with Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at his first all-Jewish holiday Christmas special. I have Chris Gorgeous in the studio. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> Tonight's a great night, and I'm glad I invited you in because Bobby Slayton's calling in. Nice. Bobby Slayton. The, the pit bull. The pit bull of comedy. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. He's calling in about 945. I'm nervous. Why are you nervous? I don't know, because he's, he's aggressive. He's an aggressive male. <laughs> He's very aggressive. So what? I don't know. I, I'm aggressive, and so I get it's. Then it becomes like ratcheting of aggressive aggressiveness. You know what I mean? Like he's aggressive, and do I go more aggressive than Bobby Slayton? Do I dare? Because I'm who am I? I'm nobody. That's Bobby Slayton. We're gonna find out. I, I think Bobby Slayton will dictate how well we get to maneuver in. But there's a couple questions. We're gonna see if I could sneak them in. But uh, let's let some people know about Chris Gorgeous, because you've been around, you've been doing comedy for a long time. Long time. You've been in Connecticut, New York, I think Pennsylvania, Washington, Florida. <laughs> Have you been in Washington? I've never been in No, I've been in Washington, never performed in Washington. All right, so fuck Washington. Where did, I was I like wrong. Where did that <laughs> come from? <laughs> did I get the other ones right? Was somebody screwing around with my Wikipedia, bastards. <laughs> Uh, you know, I started in Connecticut. Uh, <clears throat> I've done uh, the comedy in New York, Boston, uh, all over the, New England, basically, and then down into Florida. Started in 88, 89. 88, 89. That was the, that was the comedy <laughs> wave crest and then the crash to the beach where it left like a line and let, then drew let, back. Let me do the math, carry the two. <laughs> so that's like 22 years. Yes, sporadically. Because wow. there were periods where I wasn't actually, like most comics, there were periods where you, per, you know, you don't. You're like, screw this. I hate this crap. I can't do it anymore. It says, why am I doing this? I suck. And then you stop. And then you, you can't, but you can't stop, right? It's like a crack. You it's, gotta it, get it. It get is a crack. fix. Yeah. You can only stay clean for so long. Yeah, I think it's like a, I think it's like two to six months. Unless you're an alcoholic, and then it could be like a year. You could lose two <laughs> years in between, you know, comedy performances. Right? Definitely. Do I sound like I'm really far away? How does it sound? In my headphone, I, I sound like I'm in a trash can. I feel That's like all right. You, it sounds perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Um, the real, I always get told that our shows always sound good. Yes. Uh, they're on, po <laughs> they do. <laughs> well, I believe it. Because they're on a podcast. Wait, let, me just, let me switch this headphone see if it's over here now. Is, I, it, is I, it different there? I no, just think funny. that it's the hollowness inside your head that's echoing. Oh, that was, that was you. now you're being aggressive. See, now I have to be more aggressive. Go for it, baby. It's going to be three aggressive I just, people. I just watched Rocky last night. Go for it. <laughs> You just watched Rocky? This is the first time for you? No, I could watch that over and over and over again. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> we got our first caller. Let's see. You are live with Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank. Hello, David. <laughs> hey, Bobby. How you doing? How the hell did you know it was me? Oh, I don't know. It, it must have been that sensitive voice of yours. Hey, Bobby, I got a comedian here in the studio with me by the name of Chris Gorgeous, who about a million and one years ago, you guys did a show in the same room together. W where were you at again, Chris? Uh, the Tampa Improv. You there, Bob? Yes, David, this is me. I know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was you. I'm the guy who called and harassed you for the last two months to call into the show. Very good, David. <laughs> you sound so Jewish. What do you mean I sound different? Do you know who this is? This is your rabbi. 
the rabbi. Yes, David. This is Rabbi Rabinovich. This, this is Tyler Coffer. What are you talking about, David? I bar mitzvah Jew. I did the jitting on your pretty. Everybody would know that I'm not a real Jew. <laughs> you told me you were Jewish. You're not Jewish. I'm just trying to find out who this guy is on the phone. Wow. I did your brisk, David. What are you talking about? He's a family friend. I think it's Bobby Pizzullo. Okay. Is it Bobby Pizzullo? Is this the is this the the former Domino Noid Bobby oh, Pizzullo? Yeah. Figured out who it really was. Who there the hell you did go. you think it was? Dude, Bobby out. Slayton's supposed to be calling into my show tonight, and you're wasting valuable airtime to show your Italian no, but, but for a second, he actually said it. I almost thought that it was yeah. Bobby Slayton. Not the Jewish rabbi, not for a second. <laughs> but Bobby, Spl Bobby Slayton, yes. Dude, I watch you doing stand-up. Are you gonna be? Are you going to be famous or what? Uh, you of got course, your own radio the, show. You leave for a couple months and you become this big guy. What happened? How did this happen? I went to too many drive-throughs. Got bigger. I, I got to tell you, I'm impressed. Thank you. You got your own radio show. I got to tell you. Nick, what are you going to tell me? We're all proud of you over here. We want T-shirts or something for free. <laughs> oh, why, why don't you want to buy them? I can't be successful if you don't buy them. Papa Pizzullo, no, no, you, you got all the money in the world. That means I don't have to buy them. Yeah, come wants, on, man. He wants you to stand in his front yard and shoot no, no, him no. out of a gun. As soon as he's willing, can. as soon as he's willing to put him in his vending machines, we could talk. T-shirts and vending machines. Yeah, I'm Fat Davy T-shirts. I'm willing to put him in the vending machines. Anything to make money. There you go. Oh, now you want to make money off my fat ass, huh? You, does it come with a strip of bacon or something? Buy a T-shirt, get a Reese's Pieces. Listen, I just want a T-shirt, something. All right. Listen, listen Bob. Thank, what's up? Give me one line so I can thank you for calling in. Listen, you got to have more show. I, I like to have you in one place to talk to you both at the same time. Because if, if you, if, if, all right, go ahead. Get off the phone. Thank you, Bob. We love you. My name's hey. not Bobby Slayton. I thought you were making fun of me and Ray Layton, actually, when I seen that. That no. was pretty funny. But th thanks for paying enough attention to know that I got one of the most famous comics in the world calling today, and you decided to bust my balls five minutes before. I appreciate that. Good I bye, love Dave. you, Bob. Later, bro. Be good. Be good. Yeah, thanks for calling me on the track <laughs> phone there, buddy. <laughs> Holy crap. You paid that's my a, minute. That's a friend of mine since I'm, like, a little kid. He knew my big brother. and A I little Jewish up. kid? No, this is like the Italian Stein in his own mind. He's a legend. <laughs> I couldn't tell that from his demeanor at all. I would never have been able to guess that. Hey, you got to get us some T-shirts there. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> there, I, I can tell you he spent the summer riding on the back of the garbage truck. I'll tell you that. Uh, by choice or was he strapped there? What was it? <laughs> it was by choice. His family owned it. Oh, oh so he that was his job. He was there for one summer working. Like, did he like it or he hated it? I don't, really give, I don't really give a fuck. You don't, care, you don't I don't care? I don't care if he liked it. I just like the fact that he worked in the garbage business. You like that? Yeah. Took him down a few notches, you think? No, I think it makes him smell bad. I think he thinks wow. it makes him sound more Italian. Being off the back of a... Wow. <laughs> well, the Italians own the garbage industry. Do they? And where is this? In New York? Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Pretty much you just, everywhere? You just don't know it. Yeah, it's it's covered by fancy names that say waste management instead uh, of Fusilio or something like that. The guy that collects my garbage isn't Italian, I'll tell you that. No, but his bosses. <laughs> his bosses. <laughs> All right. Hey, whatever they got to do, as long as they come and get the stuff and take it from my house and do something exactly. halfway environmentally sound with it. I there you care. go. Got too much guilt over that already. I can't believe Bobby Pizzullo gets me over Bobby Slayton. 
the fact that they're both named Bobby right yeah. off the bat would lead you into the path of uh, believability. And I have to say, immediately, he did kind of sound. He's got the New York thing going on. Yeah. I can't believe that. Why? That's I the first time he called into one of my shows. That's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Bobby. For yeah. look at Fat Davis, it lifted somewhat in spirit. Yeah, not off the chair, but in spirit. It's never, over. never. We need a little bit of hydraulics and stuff to get me out of the chair. <laughs> Shit. So, we're, we're, tell us about some of the upcoming shows that you have in the next couple of weeks. I have one upcoming show uh, January fourteenth uh, at the Chase Club in West Chase, uh, Tampa. Uh, Robin Savage actually books that room. It's a small room, so I'll be headlining there. Um, working with I don't even know who I'm working with. I think it's a couple of Comedy Slam guys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <clears throat> so it'll be a good show. And uh, and then I don't have anything booked right now. I have a full time job, so I'm, I'm one of the few comics that uh, found a way to uh, do comedy and uh, not only get better at it, but get to a point where I can headline and then uh, and still keep my day job because I, I really can't go on the road. I have a mad respect for the guys that are on the road doing that because it's no way to live. But you spent some time on the road, right? About a year and a half, two years, and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, because literally, you know, you book these shows all through, and unless you're in Bobby's stature, where and he went through it, I'm sure, to some extent, uh, where, you, you know, you've got somebody booking the shows and you're just told where to go and that's your job, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. just like anywhere else. Uh, when you're doing it at our level, at a smaller level, a regional level, <clears throat> if you miss a couple of gigs, man, you may not have enough money to make it to the next gig or to make mm-hmm. it home. So it's, it becomes serious business. No health care. There's no, you know, you could get stiffed on gigs. That's, I can't do it. I have a full-time job working for a physician, uh, and I'll work with her, and I, I get to choose what shows I want to do. Right. I have a full-time job. Uh, I get to choose what jobs I want to do, but yeah. normally those are the, all the ones that get offered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't, you know, I'm I'm only around 18, 19 months in doing stand-up, sure, sure. so I'm just now starting to get a lot more opportunities to do charity shows, yeah. some people that have been booking me in rooms, I think, I think I made a hundred and a half this year in comedy, it's big time. Yeah, nice, <laughs> you're rolling it in, man, Yeah, get those new socks. Yeah. <laughs> When I started, I did open mics, and I drove to New York, uh, Hartford, New Haven, to do open mics for free. Uh, and then I stopped for a while because I didn't know what else, how else do I, you don't, you know, I didn't get any better. I had no advice from anybody. And, uh, it wasn't until I came here to start doing more open mics. And then I am actually in New England. I emceed for two years. That was how mm-hmm. I really cut my teeth. That's, I think every comic should have to do that. They should have to start as an MC for a year, period. Only hosting. That's it. And what's the benefit of that? The benefit of that is, uh, doing short, uh, concise material when you do it. Uh, it teaches you how to open up a cold crowd with no pre-conceived uh, notion of what they're about to see. Uh, it strengthens you as a performer uh, <clears throat> in the improbability sense that where, where you're able to improvise uh, off your audience, do a little crowd work if you can. I think it's a mixture of all. I think it's the hardest slot in the show. MC work is the hardest slot in the show. Feature, not so bad. Headliner, you know, you, if you're headlining, you should be bringing it, right? I mean, yes, yeah. right. My personal comedy, I think I've got to the point where I could do 15, 16 minutes of solid comedy where people are going to laugh the yeah. overwhelming majority of the time, which is good because And then at 15 a year minutes, ago, they throw shoes? What happens? Yeah, it they gets get, rough. They, they get pissed off? They throw whatever they got on their tables. I, you, you said you were Jewish, you bastard. <laughs> you're supposed to be funny. You've been telling Italian jokes this whole time. <laughs> Listen, I'm like, <laughs> I should be the trifecta of funny because I'm fat. 
I'm Jewish and I'm bald. You and are yeah. Jewish. Yes. Are you Jewish or are you not Jewish? Damn it. I'm Jewish. Okay, I'm going to stick with that. If you slip through the Italian thing later, I guess you can be Italian and Jewish, but you know what I mean. Well, oh, come on, Mister. You got Mister T and Sammy Davis. They were both Jewish, at least. Just, just pull Mister T out, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> You gotta make more credible than that. Now listen to Mr. T. You know what Mr. T used to say. Are you serious? Bobby, call in. I can't do this anymore without you. Man. No, I'm kidding. Nah, man. But um, most it seems like most Jewish. There's a huge amount of comedians are Jewish. Yes. Huge amount of them are fat. Except for me. I'm not so. fat. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about your damn luck. No, it's I, you know what it is a curse though. You are working on the bald part though. I'm working on the from the back though. That's the weird thing. It's, well, it looks like the front's starting to catch up to the back, man. Yeah, it you is. got you do got a big forehead. Well, how long ago did you shave your head completely bald? Oh, it's about ten years. And you, see, so uh, were you receding? Did you just say screw it, or did you have a full head of hair and you went, you know what? I'm going pawn shop. I'm going to go for the pawn shop look. Uh, I I had enough. That I could have played it off like another two days. Nah, see yeah, you're going bald. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I had enough. No, if you started with that. I, you know. I had less than what you have now. I will hang on to this little tuft right yeah. here as long as I possibly But here's can. the difference. I was, I mean, I started losing my hair at 18, 19 years old. Did you really? Yeah. So I held on to it till I had enough you hair. You are Jewish. Yeah. I, had, <laughs> <laughs> I held on to it until I had enough hair. To have a hairstyle. When I no longer, when I woke up and went, it Nothing. was gone. All right. Let's go to our live caller. You are live with Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank. Wow, Let's Be Frank. Hey. Oh God, that's, that, that's, that's the whole introduction. That's, you sound like a robot. You sound like Heidi from Get Smart. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I guess Bobby Slayton, the pitbull of comedy, you've seen him in a million movies, was shocked that you actually call our dumb show. You've seen him in Get Shorty, Dream Girls. Uh, the Rat Pack, Wayne's World, I and mean, we can go on and on about how great he is. Comedy Central's uh, top 100 comics. We're looking at him on the show. So anyway, are you ready? Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Isn't this amazing? You know, you said to me, by, by the way, how long do you want? Like an hour, two hours? How long is your show? It's about an hour show. Okay, about an hour show. But it's, it's funny what you said to me. Hey, call in any time. You know, you do most radio shows, everything's planned out. Yeah, you know, you have a segment where we're talking about topical stuff. We have a segment. We talk to, you know, comedian actors. We have a segment. You guys don't have anything going on. You should just call anytime. I will, and you, an you answered the phone so quickly. Like like the Three Stooges when they were waiting, you know, for like, when they were like plumbers and detectives. And the second the phone rang, the Three Stooges all grabbed the phone. That's what your show sounded like. <laughs> You picked it up. It didn't even ring. You picked it up. You're so happy somebody called. <laughs> you know, should have gone to pick up the phone that fast when he saw the bat signal in the sky. It was mind-boggling to me. <laughs> Well, you are a second Bobby that called tonight. We had no, a Bobby wait, Slayton no, impersonator no, no, before. Don't tell me Bobby Collins called because they get him a follower. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Who's the other jackass laughing in the background? Who's that? That's that, yes, me. I'm Chris. We got Chris oh, okay. Gorgeous in the studio, who you actually did a comedy show with about a million years ago at the Tampa Improv. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. That's great. Right. That's right. Thanks for talking again, Chris. <laughs> How you been, good? Uh, yeah. How uh, yeah, how's the family? Good? Everybody's good? Yeah, go fuck yourself. We'll be <laughs> but anyway, um, so, let's be frank, which reminds me of that old lesbian joke. Uh, you know, can I be frank? The two lesbians are talking. You know that joke? Not yet, but we're going to. It's not really a good joke. 
No, no, show till I be. Can I be frank? You were frank yesterday. Can I be frank today? You know. Good night, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and that's the kind of shit you can hear for the next 20, 30 minutes. All right. That is awesome. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, good, good. And it was funny because she said to me, "Should we, should we talk beforehand?" And I said, "No. Any questions or anything you have to talk about, I think I can pretty much handle." Oh, I'm way, sure. What, what other comedians have you had on your show so far? We have had uh, Steve Middleman. Jane Condon, Steve Netta, uh, Pete DeRugio, Alicia Any Woods. Headliners? You know, yes, because a lot of those guys have been big headliners. Uh, they may not have made you know the same status and fame as yourself, but oh yeah, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm doing your show also. <laughs> <laughs> but you have honestly lit a fire for our show because following you is Jackie Mason, Paul Rodriguez. L.A. Hardy. Really? Yeah, they really are. Are you, are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I have a... No, no, but, but, but you tell me, they, they follow me? <laughs> well, or they follow you? They're, <laughs> they're following... They're, they're coming gonna, on the show. They're coming. They're going to be next... The next couple of Mondays, oh, they're, they're all calling. Oh, they're following me. I thought you meant they follow me, like, on Twitter or something. <laughs> oh, they have to request it. You know, I've been doing that dumb Twitter thing now for, like, a year. And I said that these great tweets... And then, you know, I get like nine more people follow me. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, you know, Jimmy Fallon opens up for me about three months ago at the, um, at this great club, Gotham, in New York City. Jimmy was working on his um, Atlantic City act, and Gotham calls me up and said, listen, Jimmy wants to come in. I would open up for you uh, for a couple of nights. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be hard to follow Jimmy Fallon, not because I'm not, a, he's such a great comic, which he is, but because, you know, people are going to come see Jimmy. But then I realized that I get a percentage of the door and bonuses if I sell out. And I said, you can have Jimmy Fallon come on tour with me if I can get those contractual, you know, kind of deals all the time. So Jimmy, who has like 8 million followers, you know, and he's, uh, he's like Kim Kardashian. He goes, I'm, I'm opening for the great Bobby Slate this weekend. I get, I get four more followers. So I have to do this. Well, hopefully you'll get a couple of million followers from Comedy Slam Radio why, and why, Let's why, Be why, Frank. Why, 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 by the way, why is there so much echo? What do you what do you broadcast here, like your parents' basement or the Batcave? <laughs> I told you, man. What did he say? It's so so much echo. I told you. It sounds, echo, like, sounds like we're Oscar the Grouch yelling out of a garbage can. I, I, I love hearing me talk, but it's like, I, I feel, it's such a big echo. I feel like I'm in a cave or I'm talking to my wife's vagina. We go on. Well, I'll have my engineer work on that. Sounds great. <laughs> okay, for next <laughs> time. No, it's too late for me, but when Paul Rodriguez and Jackie Mason call, hopefully that won't happen. Well, I'll tell you. Over the last couple of months, Comedy Slam is a new station, and we've actually grown to where we hit. We're in 55 different countries already, so we're actually moving to a second new studio. So we're increasing, and things are going really well for us. So we're going to continue. Why did you call me? Why, why, yeah, why can't I know we were successful? I, I could have waited. <laughs> hey, man. But you know what? It's going so well tonight, you'll have to have me back. I, I hope to have you back. Okay, why don't you ask me a question? Uh, that's what I was about to do, man. You've been going and going and going. <laughs> I don't want to stop you. You're the pit bull. Who am I? I'm fat fucking you know Davey. Call me and said we'd like to have you on for 30 minutes. I was thinking, that's kind of a long time. But you know what? I, I just had a glass of wine. I'm waiting for my Thai food to be delivered. I have nothing to do. And it's either go upstairs and talk to my wife or talk to you. Hey, who's better? You mean your old pal Chris from the improv, Fat Davey? This is the best thing you could be doing right now. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Where are you? Where are you uh, located? We're in Clearwater, Florida, right around the Tampa Bay area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Love it. Great, great. 
Yeah, we, where town. were all the Jewish people come to to die? Yeah, yeah, no, it's also you have the, uh, that great uh, uh, Dolly Museum. Yes, the, have you been to the new one? Yeah, I haven't been to the new one yet. It's great. Amazing, yeah, it's huge. I'll come back to Tampa soon. I'll go. All right, so let's start, let's do an interview. All right, let's do an interview. I got my first question. Let's see how I w- good you are. My first question is. Why are you is, asking the question for, for Jackie Mason? And let me, let me, you can work on him with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what would you be doing if you weren't yeah. doing comedy? What was the job you had before you started doing comedy full time? You know, it's funny you say that because I'm actually, and I, I'm writing a book right now, and I know every comedian has written a book. Every comedian. Uh, has written three or four books. Every chef has nine books out. People are sick of this. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. And, you know, you see Bill Maher and Jay Leno and John Stewart. I mean, there's so many books by comics, about comics. And I started writing a book because I have some great, great stories. I was a comic almost my entire adult life. I was, um... by the way, nobody else can hear this echo but me, right? Yeah, no. I'm saying- it sounds beautiful over the airwaves. Good. Well, I'm going to show you what a professional I am because right now I not only have the voices in my head and the demons on my shoulder and my wife upstairs, but on top of that, I have your goddamn echo. So it, it, it's tough for somebody to concentrate, but I'll do it. Um, All right. Before I was a comic, I, I, I appreciate you being uh, frank with me. With that? I said, I appreciate you being frank with me. Well, you, well uh, am I supposed to be frank too? We're all frank, yes. Right? Let's okay, be good. frank with Dave um, Frank. Let me have it. By the way, you know, I was the first guy, one of the first guys to do internet radio 10 years ago on Comedy World. You ever, you ever hear of Comedy World? No. Okay. But, well, everybody but, now has an internet comedy radio show. Everybody's got a blog. But about 10 years ago, these guys from Silicon Valley in the Bay Area uh, had a lot of money, and they started an internet uh, radio station called Comedy World in L.A. And... This is when people first started listening to the Internet. Unfortunately, 10 years ago, maybe, maybe 10, 11 years ago, a lot of people didn't listen to the Internet. And so we did a show. It was me. It was uh, my friend Alan Hayden, another great comic. It was Ken Over, who passed away. who did a show called Remote Control on um, MTV. It was Greg Barrett, who did that interview, Craig Shoemaker, the Love Master. <laughs> and they right. paid us all six figures to do a two-hour uh, Internet radio show. And we would try to take callers and try to, you know, but there was nobody listening back then. And this lasted about a year. And I finally went, I, I got an offer from HBO to go on the show Mind of the Married Man, which only lasted two seasons. But I remember the president of Comedy World saying to me, are you sure you want to leave a great job <laughs> like Comedy World, Internet Radio, the wave of the future, to go do a TV show on HBO? <laughs> and HBO said to me, uh, you know, the show, which wasn't my show, it was Mike Binder's show, will be on between The Sopranos and Curb Enthusiasm, which, of course, at the time, two amazing uh, legendary shows, which, um, and anyway, they went out to greatness. But I said, you know, so you're asking me, do I want to go to HBO to do a show after The Sopranos or stay here on Comic World, which nobody's listening to? And, of course, I left, and two months later, they went out of business. Uh, but, but... You know, if I started doing that, but the original question when you said to me, what did I do before stand-up? I worked for about a year or two in a record store in San Francisco, which I got fired from because when the new Stones album came out, some girls, I said to these two homos who came in to buy the uh, Saturday Night Fever and the new Barbara Streisand album, I said, <laughs> what are you guys, out of your mind? It's a new Stones album. You buy this Barbara Streisand shit, 
I wasn't good working with people. Um, yeah, and then I, I just became a stand-up comic. You know, I, I don't know how it happened. I just fell into it. It was something I was supposed to do. You know, it was something that, uh, you know, not stand-up comedy. Comics are a dime a dozen. Comedy specials are a dime a dozen. There's too many asshole actors and wannabe schmucks and, you know, I don't even need to make your names now, but, you know, guys with puppets and, you know. Right. It's, it's really sad. Well, I myself, I've only been in comedy about 18, 19 months. I know Chris has got about 22 years in, but he's very, uh, you know, he's a regional comic and he what, what, works every comic? weekend. What, what do you mean a regional comic? What is like an airline or a, <laughs> or, or a food chain? Yeah, there are certain... A regional comic. What, are you not allowed out of like a certain area? They don't let him perform out of Florida. <laughs> I've never look. I've done comedy. It means you can't work anywhere else, you jackass. Yeah, it, it just means that I haven't done any national stuff, no television, or anything like that. Just you know, road work, and uh, I have. A, I've always had a full time job. But you want to know something? You yes. want to know something? It it doesn't even matter anymore. Sometimes if you have a, a national TV stuff, you know, um, it, it, it's amazing to I me. Mean, my friend Jake Johansson, you know, who he is right. Yes, definitely. Yes. Okay, Jake Johansson, I think, has done more Letterman's than any other comic. And not just Letterman's, but really good Letterman's. Right, you know? right. Uh, really good quality TV shots. And last summer, he had just a Letterman, and him and I went to Boston. Well, we both have a okay follow. Mm -hmm. And my Showtime special, my last one had just come out, and it was playing, and we went to a bunch of clubs, and nobody gave a rat's ass about two veteran 50-year-old stand-up comics when you've got some asshole on Comedy Central, you know. People want to shit now, you know. People don't have the attention span, unfortunately. I mean, when you see a guy like Louis Black and you see a guy like John Stewart, who are great comics, and there are great comics and there are smart people. There's just not enough of us out there anymore. Yeah. You know? You're right. You're definitely you know, right. I'm, I'm watching Byron Allen's asshole show the other night. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we just, it's like Jeff Comedy Jam Light. It's just horrible, horrible black comedians. And as you watch it, you can hear Martin Luther King and Richard Pryor turning over in their fucking grave. <laughs> you know, you watch Pat Williams. I mean, I don't want to use the N word, but these people are just pieces of shit. You know? <laughs> and it's it, it, black, you know, I, I don't even want to use the word nigger on the radio, but, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing for a white person to say, but it's, it's it, these people, and Chris Rock can do it, of course, but it's what we, our version of that is, you know, Larry the Cable guy. He's, you know, right. John Lennon wants. John Lennon once thanked women are the niggers of the world. And what all that mm -hmm. is people who are shit on it, people who are treated crappy, but people, you know, but you know, like Jeff Foxworthy, who's a very smart guy, don't get me wrong, but you watch, you watch the Gladiator the Cable guy, and you go, this is the white version of Cat Williams, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, look, I, when, my, when, when, when I got to work with you, we, I had an improv troupe. I was into a short-form improv phase, which helped my stand-up uh, uh, immensely. Uh, we had a regular run at the improv there every week for about nine or ten months. And you were into town. You came in early. You opened up for a show. And the young guys in my troupe had no idea who you were. And right. look, I'm 46. I know who you are. And I was like, holy right. shit, it's Bobby Slayton, and he's going to do a set before our show. And they are like, what's the big deal? I'm like, fuck you, what's the big deal? You know. I remember that. <laughs> I swear to God, I remember that. Uh, it's true, dude. And and so, you know, for me, it was a big moment. And, you know, and, and I got to share the stage with you, but they had no idea sort of who you were or what you were about. And well, should, you know, I, that doesn't really bother me because my daughter, who's 23, she has friends who don't know who Abbott and Costello are. 
and the Marx Brothers are. And there are people, and I don't give a rat's ass how old you are, you should be able to name four fucking Beatles. I agree. I agree. You know what? And don't tell me they're before your time, because, you know, there was a lot of stuff before my time. Fred Astaire, Al Jolson, Buster Keaton was before my fucking time. The guy in the dollar bill, you'd be surprised how many people don't know who that is. No, it's, I'm serious. I was listening to a radio interview today, and they interviewed some one of the co-hosts from uh, the X Factor, and, and the, the, the this local radio host asked her who the vice president was. She could not name the vice president. She knew I Obama was wow. You well, know what? That's that's nothing. You know, you watch Leno do his jaywalking. You know, when he talks to people, and and and, and you just watch, you just watch anybody. You know, Paris Hilton, the Kardashian, the whole mentality of this country. There's people that have never voted for president, they'll vote for American Idol. There yeah. are people. There's a show on TV called the fucking Cupcake Wars. There's a cupcake war. People fight over cupcakes. <laughs> you have this country know nothing about the Crips, the Bloods, the Hutus, and the Tutsi. What's going on in the Middle East? But they know about fat people fighting over cupcakes. It's so true, man. My show is a lot like yours in that I, I really speak. I use the N-word in my show in that when I talk about hip-hop music, and I've caught a lot of flack from it. had people call me racist. I'm like, look, shut the hell up, dude. We're speaking in truths here. We're speaking in opinion. And uh, it, I don't, I, that's why I appreciate your show. It's, it's honest, it's right there, and it's, you're a Gatlin gun, my friend. Hey, Bobby. Are you trying to get rid of me? No. No, no. Hey, hey Bobby, I had a question uh, that was sent in to me you by the owner of the station. Yeah, talking. Okay. Go ahead, I'm sorry. A question from the owner of the station. He wanted to let me, he wanted to know, you know, we've had Elaine Boozler on the show, right. and he wanted to know, you know, you, you've worked with Elaine before. And I, I opened for, I opened for a, you know, you'd be amazed at the amount of people I've, uh, yeah, she was great. I was up for many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, we, and what's your question? Well, that was it. We wanted to know what your experiences were with her. What do you think of her? Because we, like we love her here. No, we love her here. She she calls into the show. Oh, she she's does? very yeah. She's I she did an interview I here. She's very supportive of Comedy Slam Radio. You know, when, I, when I was a young comic, I started out at the Punchline in San Francisco. That was kind of like my home club. We're going back thirty years. I think they opened up. They were one of the first major full time comedy clubs in the country. There was the Comedy Castle in Detroit. There was Zanies in Chicago. There was of course New York and L.A. other clubs. But as far as on the road. There weren't that many clubs. And the punchline in San Francisco was one of the first clubs. And the way I got good, this in my delusional mind, I got good, <laughs> was I got a lot of stage time. And that's the only way to get good is to get a lot of stage time. And young comics said to me, how do I get a lot of stage time? And I said, I don't even know anymore because I don't know how to do this anymore as far as going to open mic night. But the punchline had me as the MC. So I opened up for Elaine, Michael Keaton, Robert Wall, Jerry Seinfeld, Larry Miller. I opened up for Leno, George Wallace, um, Gary Shamblin. I mean, so I got to watch all these guys. And Elaine Kuzler was really nice to me. I think at first, I, 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 she was a little standoffish because I was a guy and I was really a cocky little fuck. But <laughs> I, the next time she came back, Elaine could have been nice to me. And Elaine... Is that you know what she actually came to see me a few years ago at the comedy magic club and said to me I don't go see many comics. Um, that means a lot to me. The rich Jenny did it too before he died. If he did it after he died, it would have been cooler. But he did it before he died. And he came to see me in Irvine and he goes, "Slate, you know, I don't come to see anybody." Um, so that's really kind of cool, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't go see that many comics either. So I love her. She's she's great. 
Yeah, well. Let me ask a question of you, if I could. Um, <clears throat> out of the contemporary comics, the ones that... Look, you're making this out like it's a presidential debate. You're like clearing your throat like, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm nervous, man. Uh, so so uh, out of the contemporary comics, what do you... nobody what you, listening. What are you nervous about? You, it's you. I know who you are. We got lots of listeners. This isn't 10 years ago. We get thousands and thousands of listeners a month. Oh, Times yeah, have changed. Wait, now you made me nervous. This is just great. <laughs> That's the right. whole point. Oh, great. Out of the con- right, out of the Sorry, contemporary comics that are out there, the one. Away, young man. <laughs> I shall. I shall. Uh, out of the contemporary comics out there, which ones do you like the best? I mean, I don't watch a lot of comedy, but I know uh, Louis C.K. A lot of people are really uh, talking a lot about his comedy, and uh, he's definitely on the rise. Who do you like? You know, who I like first of all. You know, I don't see a lot of comics. It's not like a baseball scout or about to look at the new talent. I can't watch Comedy Central. Comedy Central, today, I just can't watch. Them. You know, they, they, they pay guys no money, and they, they'll, they'll have anybody do a half hour, which in a way is good that guys get out there, but at the same time, you know, these specials aren't special anymore. So the guys that I love, I, mean, I love Louis C.K. I love, absolutely love Louis C.K. It's, it's, when I watch him, it's, uh, you know, he, he, it's pretty funny. Louis, many years ago, he used to have this comedy competition. I think it will go back about 25 years, and I was hoping competition when Louis was a comic and he went on stage and he wasn't very good back then and he came up and I just busted his balls saying you know you're never going to win something. you, you know, I give it a shit. And, and I guess it really, it really hurt him it really stuck with him and last summer at the Montreal Comedy Festival like 300 people in the audience and they're doing this uh, they give it an award to and Gary Shandling and Paul Feeney Paul Feig who did uh, that great show the 70s show yeah. And so Louis up there. I was talking about theater industry people, and he goes, oh, Bobby Swain's here. You know, when I was a comic, I said I'd never be as good as Bobby Swain, and now I'm so much better than him. Everybody cracks up. I feel like a fucking asshole. It's easy for me to make fun of people. What happens to me? I say, Oh, great. Because come on, Bobby, you seem to be like shit when I was a comic. You deserve this, right? I go, Yes, Louis, I deserve it. That's but I watch him, and to me, he's just great. You know. I love Bill Maher. You know, I mean, I love John Stewart. I love, uh, I love Bill Burr. I want the guys oh, yeah. that I love are guys that I go. I would do that. I wish I thought of that. I wish I thought of that joke. Um, Christopher Titus, who's my neighbor by the way, he lives two doors down. But he was a young comic. He was like me. He was a cocky little shithead. And um, he's got on to do a couple of amazing one man shows. Mind <laughs> boggling. Well, you got to be a little cocky to even try to get on stage. You got to have a lot of confidence in yourself, I think. There's no way that a comic, there's no way to do it unless you either damage or you have a lot of confidence or you had a really crappy childhood. It's, you know, unfortunately, I had a great childhood. I wish that my parents would have beaten me, and I wish I had a puppy. If I had a puppy and a crappy childhood, I had a major drug problem. I'm the greatest comic. Fire <laughs> <laughs> and Lenny Bruce could, couldn't fuck my dick if I had those problems. But I don't. What am I going to do? Um, you know, I still love Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock is a genius, you yeah. know. Um, and I'm sure I'm leaving out a bunch of people. But you know, I, I, you know, there's a lot of people out there. That are, Gary Shandling is still great. You know, there's guys out there. Uh, Paul Reiser uh, came down and did a set the other night of my show. Um, and he had done stand-up in like 20 years. And Paul, you know, there's certain guys that are great. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is great. I mean, I know it's so easy to say that, uh, but just great stand 
There just aren't that many great stand-ups. And I hate to mention the usual suspects, but you know what? There aren't that many good stand-ups. You know, I look at the shit that's out there, and it's, it's mind-boggling. Hmm. You know, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, a lot of people are... Everybody thinks they're going to make it big in comedy now. It's a, it's a hard, long road, and it takes a lot of dedication to get there. And I think a lot of people who start... Is that what it takes? That's what I that's what that's what I fucked up. I never dedicated myself. I never, <laughs> it wasn't the puppet. It was the dedication. God damn it! <laughs> you know what? I'm going to dedicate myself now. Right now, starting today. Starting today. No, right now, because you haven't because been. Actually, me. I knew there was a reason to do this show. I knew <laughs> that somehow the Lord was coming to me. Go, Bobby. I know you don't want to do this dumb show. You have to. I got. Yeah. I, I got something out of this. The show was I'm your catalyst. Myself. It was your catalyst. This is going to take you to the next pinnacle in, you know, comedy. This yeah. is where it all starts. We put yeah. the we put the slam in comedy slam. I want to, I want to, I want to thank you for that. <laughs> let, let me ask you, who else is on comedy slam radio? I, I don't know comedy slam. Comedy slam radio was, uh, was stout, founded about five months ago yeah. in Tampa Bay by a lot of local area comics that. We're trying to do things to improve comedy and bring a lot more attention to the Tampa Bay area. So we've got about 20 different shows, uh, Chris Gorgeous. So oh, there's a whole bunch of different shows with people's own little personalities. We have shows where people talk about how comedy uh, and laughter affect with medicine and health and everything from the ap absolute bizarre people that I can't believe even get on stage or do comedy to somewhat organized shows like mine. Yeah, me a favor, don't start, don't start barking up that tree where women love a guy with the size of a sense of humor. You know, women love comedy. If you can make a chick laugh, you know, yeah, right. I'm sure the Three Stooges got a lot more pussy than, uh, you know, a really serious actor. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I don't think that the comedy really helps you get chicks. But no, I've been getting a lot more chicks since I had the radio station, though. I'll say that. It's been so working like, good. They think you're making money. Yes. Well, thanks for blowing <laughs> it. You that. just told everybody I am. I ain't making nothing. Actually, you want to know something? And I don't think I've said this on any other radio show, even one that people listen to. I <laughs> have been married to the same woman for 24 years, and she's gorgeous, and she fell in love with me. She came to see me at a comedy show. So, you know, so that happened. Yeah, you know, I met my wife at work, and I, I she came why to see my show. Why is he still talking? <laughs> I don't know. I invited him here. He thinks, hey, he's Chris Gorgeous. He thinks he's special. I'm just going to sit Chris, here and drink. How can you not on a microphone? <laughs> Doesn't he have a microphone? It's like a one microphone for the whole table. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, have okay. open for him. I'm sorry. You I apologize for that. Yeah, sit around and hold it up to you when you talk? Is that not possible? No. <laughs> it works out better this way for the listeners. Okay. So. You see what happens when I stop talking? This is called dead air. I know. No, I was going to just ask another question, but then, you, okay. you know, you got in there. Okay. So, I was, on, I was looking at some of your stuff, and yeah. you are, now, if I'm correct, you're a nice kosher kid like me. You're a member of the tribe, right? Uh, well, not kosher. No, but you're a nice Jewish guy like I'm me from Jew. New York. I'm not a nice Jew. I'm a, I'm a Jew. All right. I'm you're a Jew to you, too. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Richard Belzer's old joke. I'm not a Jew. I'm Jewish. That's what Jews do. Not really a Jewish. <laughs> you're a Jewish. <coughs> I'm yeah. Jewish at the holidays. But I, I Jack, looked. and Jack and, is a Jew. Dallas <laughs> is a Jew. Yes. 
You, but you are the tattooed Jewish guy. My mama would roll over in a grave. I showed up with tattoos. What, what yeah. happened? What made you get tattoos? Were you raised where it's okay, or did they tell you how you're not supposed to get those? I really never gave a shit about what you're supposed to get. You know, being a Jew. My mother sent me to Hebrew school for five years. I'm surprised I don't have a giant swastika on my forehead with a little teardrop. And I'm surprised I didn't join the Aryans and shave my head, okay? I have to go to Hebrew school. I, I'm so against organized religion, and it's so goddamn stupid. And by the way, that's all bullshit about Jews getting tattoos. You know that, don't you? I, I learned that later in life, but my mother guilted the hell out of me. I'll probably never do it. Really? See, you're the kind of Jew that people really don't like. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> your mother guilted you. You know what? With all due respect, your mother, she's fucking dead. <laughs> yes. Did, but did, did, she leave, did she leave you any money? She left me a lot of things. Money's not one of them, but she left me a lot what of beautiful she, things. She left you guilt. She left you probably a collection of fucking jars and newspapers and yarn. What did she leave you? Fond, fond memories. Obviously not. But she for me to get a tattoo, it would have to be something very meaningful, and I haven't found that thing yet. Oh, my God, you're such a Jew. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, here, okay here's, here's who you compromise. Can I be frank? Yes, you better be frank. Okay. Okay, here's who you compromise. Get a tattoo saying, I love mom. <laughs> That's all and, I need to be is a 350-pound you know you know bastard cost, with it. You can probably, probably drew him down to the price. <laughs> That's you all I need. $50. Who spends $50? I'll give you the guy down the street $35. Okay. I, I got a joke about getting a tattoo because I got I'm a big fat guy and I got a fat roll on the back of my head. Why did I just not? I knew you were going to be fat. I just knew you were fat. Right, but I my name's why. Fat Davy. How could I not be fat? What's that? My name. My stage name's Fat Davy. How could I not be fat? Maybe that's what it is. There you go. Okay. But I tell a joke about getting a, a, a hot dog on the back of my head. But that's uh, that's the tattoo, man. That's really? A, yeah, that's the special one he wants to get. Yeah. A, a hot dog. Really? And a it's got to be a Hebrew national. Oh. I got a better idea. Why don't you get a tattoo on your penis of a bigger penis? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm hung like a fucking horse. I don't know how much bigger that tattoo could be. I'm not the typical Jew when it comes to that. Yeah, well, you know, okay, that whole thing about getting a tattoo. Now, I have a lot of them, yes. And my last special, Born to Be Bobby, which is available on DVD, which I think is a, I mean, it's, I think it speaks for itself. It's a really good comedy special. And um, uh, when I called it Born to be Bobby, the name Born to be Bobby just screamed tattoo, like Born to be Wild, Born to Raise Hell, Born to Lose. So I actually had this guy tattoo my back. A giant tattoo, Born to be Bobby. It opens up the special. Nice. <laughs> and I'm doing another special in April called No More Mr. Nice Guy with Alice Cooper's Blessings, and I'm really special opening for that, too. I'm shooting it in Cleveland oh. in April. So I'll make sure. See, by then, when that comes out in May or June, that's when you need to do your show again. When people, your imaginary listeners, have actually come to life. And well, like, <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm going to hold you to that, and I'm going to write in my schedule. Hold, hold on a second. Teddy! Is the food here yet? <laughs> no, the food's not here. Okay. What I kind of Thai food did you order? I'm on the radio, honey. You heard that, right? <laughs> what, are you, what, what are you doing right now? Come over here. Hold on a second. I said I've been married to the same beautiful woman for 24 years. She met me so lovely at a comedy show. Can you hear this? We're hearing it now. 
Okay, that's not nice. No, I didn't. What do you, come on? What do you think I said? <coughs> did, did I say anything bad about my wife? No, I, you I, said I, everything I, great. I said, comedy will never get you laid. I'm talking to you and my wife at the same time. She's upstairs, and I said that's not true because she came to my show. I fell in love with her. She's still beautiful. Twenty-four years. Did I not say that? Yes, you did. Thank you. It's what recorded. She could she could watch it back on the podcast if she doesn't right. believe it. I'm just trying to get laid. <laughs> that's, that's all See that she doesn't. See, she's so used to me giving her shit. She didn't think I said that. That's exactly what I said. And your <laughs> listeners heard that. They shows that I'm a great guy. Well, you are a great guy. You're the pit bull, man. That's like America's favorite dog. Yeah, great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, am I the best comic you've had on so far? You are my favorite comic that I've had on so far, definitely. <laughs> well, not like you have this illustrious list of comedians. You are the start I mean, of the illustrious list. You are the start of the illustrious list, but we have really had a lot of people that have done comedy for 35 years. Steve Middleman, Jane Condon's been in it for many, many years. And oh, Middleman. Are the, the, best, the best story of Middleman. Have you, ever, have you ever been on a boat and gotten seasick? Yes. Okay, it happened to me once. It is up there with food poisoning. You really, if somebody said to you, I will shoot you in the head right now and kill you, it, it's so bad that you actually might want to die. About, gosh, 35 years ago, 30 years ago when I started to stand up, uh, there was a club in Florida called The Comics in um, um, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And it was me and Steve Middleman, a guy named Walters, a guy named Daley Pike who's still around. And one day, we rented a boat, and we went out deep-sea fishing, and we drank beer, smoked pot, and middlemen. Was the middlemen that got sick? I'm trying to remember. Might, you know, it might not have been middlemen. It might have been, actually, God, was it middlemen? I don't remember. Must have been too good a pot for you to remember the story. I'm, well, I know. I'll have to call middlemen and ask him. It might have been Daily Pike that got sick. I think it was middlemen. It was just... It just sounds like you would be the guy to get against Anyway, I was just tortured the hell out of him. But that's you know, good. It's like a rite of passage. I might be having a brain fart here, but uh, it might have been daily. Anyway, whoever the comic was, we just destroyed this guy. And we just kept drinking beer. And about a month later, I went fishing with my dad. And I got seasick, and I said, I can't believe I did that. That was such bad karma, you know. Yeah, my old man can't. I, I I mastered it. I don't really get seasick anymore, but my old man can't get on the boat without getting sick. Well, a guy your size, you probably can't get on the boat without putting the boat over. You probably have to have, like, 30 people on one side and you on the other side. The more about you from ballast. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I'm like a weeble. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down, baby. How much do you weigh? Uh, publicly, 350 pounds or so. Damn. Are you serious? No, I'm David Frank. That's not... You know what? That's not a lot. If you're nine feet tall, <laughs> and I'm not. Wow. It's it's all on my feet. Have you ever thought about a salad? Or it doesn't really. Yeah. They just don't tempt me as much as double cheeseburgers. Oh, double really? cheeseburger! Holy. <laughs> Aren't those good? No, it's awful. Wait, it's wait, awful so for how, me. And how no. old are you now? I'm 39. But I'll oh, tell you, I wasn't always a fat bastard. But the time I push you, you'll be dead. I'm not going to be dead. Dave Hines might be dead, but not Dave Frank. I hope not. All right, so how long have we done now? How long have we been on? We've been on now, oh, about 25 minutes. 
Okay, are we almost done? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm making you stay on till 11. We're extending the show. If your Thai food don't show up, you got nothing else to do. Your wife already told you you ain't getting laid because she don't believe you. So what else you Why got to do? Is the food here yet? <laughs> it is here? Okay, what, it just showed up? <laughs> what did you order? Did, did you order anything good? Did you order a dish for Fat Davey? I like spicy no, food. No, no, we ordered a lot of vegetables. We ordered a lot of uh, spring rolls. With, uh, mm, I love spring rolls. Not the deep fried ones, Fat, so I'm talking about the good ones. <laughs> The fresh spring roll. I like the fresh one. Hey, listen, I'm really? a Jew. If it's free, it's for me. If you're buying, I'll eat, baby. All right. Well, I'm going to go now. <laughs> Bobby, thank you very much for calling in. We all had a great time. Well, no, 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 we didn't. You had a great time. But I did what I supposed to. I told you I was going to do it. I did it. Fistful of comedy on Twitter. And uh, what else can I plug? My book will come out. And call me again. If you're still alive in six months, give me a call. <laughs> you got right? it. I'm going to be alive. I'm going right. on a I'm diet right. just so I can call you. Right. Peace out, Bob. Thanks. Bobby Slate, man. That was See, great. I told you, dude. I tried to say three things. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> It was a great show. I'm glad he called in. He was a great guest. He's uh, insane, dude. Yeah, he goes a mile a minute. It was crazy. Now, that's nothing, though. I mean, if you, you have you ever seen his live show? You need to go see his live I've, show. I've seen him perform. I've it's never it's heard amazing. him on a radio show. So it was definitely a new experience. Hopefully, I think I did okay. I handled myself a little bit. I let him go off on me, yeah. but what, what are you going to do? I took my lumps. Yeah, it's Bobby Slayton. I'm happy to take my lumps for Bobby Slayton. But, but that's what I'm saying, though. You got a national guy like that, and then, you know, you try to, I try to, that's why I told you earlier, I had trouble talking to these guys, because who, who, who am I to them, really? Another guy, like he said, I'm probably, for all I know, I could be one of those comics he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Those comics that, ah, it's bullshit, they're not even the smart, you know, whatever. Who know? I think I'm an intelligent comic. Right. I'm, I'm coming at it from a, a specific angle like he is. And, uh, but to him, who, who am I? Nobody. Yeah. Well, he's got 35 years. I mean, he's got, he's got more, more, I don't know. He's got more movies than I've got times on stage. Dude, he, yeah, he's, no, he's legit. The guy's, <coughs> the guy's legit. I mean, uh, you know, I've worked with a few comics that are legit as well, but it's a different separation. Those guys have went, that's their career. That's what they do. And then mm -hmm. there are guys like us that are, uh, in some instances looked down on by other comics because we don't, we're not fully committed. We got our job, we do the comedy, we, you mm -hmm. know I just, I just want to make people laugh, dude. I make audiences laugh. It doesn't matter to me if anybody knows and, who the hell I am on Twitter. You get right. two shits. I, I don't even really know. I, like, I don't put myself in the same category as you because you can go and work every single weekend at a paid gig if you wanted. I could. I can't. Not yet. It's happening. It's coming. Things yeah, are getting better. You know, I am pretty much have my guaranteed once a month spot, and yeah. we're working on more. But that's great. You know, I had a guest spot. How long do you think it takes for somebody to become in a headliner? And I don't mean national like Bobby where you're doing HBO specials. I mean just a, you know, a road comic doing headlining shows. How long do you think this is a normal? From what I hear, a good progression is if you could start featuring within four to five years, you're doing pretty good. That's realistic. It is realistic. I've been told many times that I have a very good view of it. And a couple of people, like in the beginning... Uh, a few months ago when Pete Teruja was in the studio, he said, Dave, tell me how long you think you could be on stage and make people laugh. And at the time, I thought, I said, you know, maybe five or seven minutes. Yeah. And he goes, well, that's really good because at least you're honest. He goes, most people automatically say 15 or 20 minutes. Sure. But it took me a while. I really, it took me time to get my, my five to seven comfortable. Yeah. And then it was really only two months ago that I got on stage and did a full 16 minutes and really the whole 16 minutes and I know Dave Hines who joined us a few minutes ago in the studio he was there and 
it was a huge difference. And, you know, you're in front of 100 or so people and they're yeah. just, you know, you knock it dead for the whole 15 to 16 minutes and it's such a totally different feeling than the open mics or a five-minute session at, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with going to Jack's or any of these other comedy shows, but you only get such a limited amount of time. I think I've done, I think I've done like four or five open mics my whole life. Okay. Like, honestly, four or five. I, I did it the other way. I went the MC route. Go to the club, see if they need a house MC. I, I MC'd at this club for two years in, Mist uh, in uh, East Lime, Connecticut, uh, called the Primeca Comedy Club. And then when I got down here, I, I MC'd for Coconuts, uh, the Clearwater Cinema Cafe, that, that mm -hmm. room. And then I hosted, MC'd for the Comedy Zone for a while. And then I started featuring for The Zone and then moved on from there. But, <clears throat> I mean, when I was in New England, I was... Nobody. It was doing little crappy, little like coffee house stuff. As as opposed to in Tampa, where you were somebody, I'm and not you really, are, but no, not really. When no, I, you are. I, I think I'm... locally here. I think a lot of the upcoming comics, if they don't, they should. They should look up to you for knowledge and things. I mean, you really have been on stage for twenty two years, whether it's on and off. If yeah. if you had something to say, if they weren't bright enough to listen, sorry about their damn luck. I mean, if you're going to share some knowledge, whether it's Bobby Slayton after twenty yeah. years. Or 30 years or yourself both of you have a lot of experience that hopefully i will have and some of these young guys are too stupid to pay attention when you guys are talking and i'm not it's a different game now though dude seriously when i started you didn't have the media social none of that stuff and to be honest with you for me i had an improv troupe that was really popular here for about six years the which one was that the charming hooligans i was okay. the director of that troupe uh, we did regular shows. We were one of the first improv troops in the Tampa Bay area doing short-form improv before anybody was doing short-form improv. So, And that really, I think, put me out there more. And then, But also separated me because a lot of comics didn't see me as a stand-up. They were like, oh, it's that improv guy. The truth of the matter was I did stand-up first and then got into the improv. And then when I came out of the improv, well, then it was on. Then my show was like Bobby's show where I had no fear on stage. And I could say basically whatever. My show was much different than a lot of guys. I don't sit down and write scripts and there's not bada-bing, bada-bing, bada-bing. I have my set pieces, but th it's, it's all about the energy for me and the, and the, and the, uh, the organic thing between me and the audience. Where a lot of comics, they, they kind of push away. They shy but, away from that. But was, it wasn't like that in the beginning. It took time to develop oh, that. In the beginning, I had a jacket with two elbow patches and, like, the comedy out. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and I was doing like, God, what was, oh, I was, oh, I would have sex with my sister if I could afford the bail money. Just stupid, ridiculous. Anything to get on stage. <clears throat> they were just one-liner, what I thought comedy was. Right. But w until you find out who you are and what you want to say comedically, then you're really not, I mean, it, that's, you're still in the learning process. For me now, I'm 46, I got a kid, I've had a few experiences, I talk about that, I've got a few complaints that I get out in my show. That all takes time to develop, man. Yeah. I'm just starting to break the bridge of that um i started getting on i started on stage talking about work and fat guys yeah uh the work why, stuff why I, fat guys why fat oh it's it's you know it seemed like something guy. i would know about you and sean purvis kept referring to yourselves as the fat guys why do you do that uh it gets less no with me though well, I'm I'm talking about why. Oh, you see, you're there. You're I laughing. I don't laugh because I like Dave when he laughs. It makes me laugh. Well, he don't like what I say about him, but I don't give a shit. You know who? You know his name. Dave his is Nick? my avatar. When I laugh, he laughs back and forth. <laughs> as long as we don't touch our ponytails, together, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, give me a chill even thinking about that. I cut my ponytail off. No. <laughs> your po your ponytails at home with your wife. That's right. Right where it belongs. No, but I, no. I, I, we were talking about, you know, I'm, I've always been humble. I don't like to give people advice because this is what I believe about stand-up. It's your deal, dude. 
your interpretations, not my mm-hmm. interpretation. I, I don't like when club owners tell comics you can't do this, you can't, unless you're openly offending people under getting up and leaving, then yes, you're doing something wrong. But if you're getting laughs, but somebody doesn't really like, like, there's a lot of comics I don't like their style or whatever, but I would never tell them, hey, you need to change your style. Right. It's you, dude. That's, it's a thing about you. And, I, and the improv actually taught me to be more accepting of other people's art. Now, stand-ups are not that way. Stand-ups right. are very, you know, you're Bobby Slade, a lot of comics he doesn't like, and whatever. I man. mean, he, he could say things that I would never even dream of saying. He said them on the show tonight that I would never dream of saying on my show or on stage with N-words and sure. talking about others. Sure. I'm just not to the stage where I don't even know that I'll ever be at the stage where I can use that kind of a word or would I want to. Hang out it's with not, Dave. He'll get you there. Well, <laughs> Dave's got strippers up in here and he's got... Yeah, got the, I, I like to call drugs. Dave... Dave hates it, but his... My, I love to call him AIDS Dave. AIDS Dave. Oh, AIDS Dave. I don't think you have I still, I still I only think had to, Sam and Tom are I don't care who started it. Now. As long as I get to keep saying it. <laughs> and, I, and I told you, I don't even say it that much. Only like once, twice a show. So I said what? said it once. Let's do a big group. Can you join me on a one, two, three? What are you gonna we're going to say AIDS <laughs> Dave. One, okay. two, three. AIDS, AIDS Dave. Dave. All right. I feel so much all, more awful saying that. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of? It's, it's right after Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing a Christmas show. I got, you know what I got for Christmas real quick? Uh, I got the Xbox Connect. Nice. Yes, the motion censored thing with the and you move and your body is the controller you know yeah. it's very exciting what and, game did you play well i got three games with it i got the connect adventures it's lame so and then but my the favorite game is uh fruit fruit ninja have you ever ninja fruit fruit ninja no. have you seen that no here's the concept of the game you stand in front of the screen your shadow is there right and then fruit flies up and you karate chop it in midair and slice it all and get combos and stuff <laughs> amazing game will f- totally fuck up your shoulders and your arms for two days if you don't do some sh- calisthenics or have, like, a masseuse come in prior to the... Well, I got to do something so I can be alive for Bobby to call back and say That's what I'm saying. The fitness. You get the fitness thing and do the twisters. I- I'll start using my gym membership again. But we only got about a minute or two left, so I'm going to go ahead and plug away. Over the next couple weeks, guys, we want you to stay tuned. You can follow us at Fat Davey on Twitter. On Facebook, it's the Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank Show. You can go ahead and like our page there. You can follow us on the podcast at letsbefrank.podcast.com and on iTunes. But over the next couple of weeks, we got Jackie Mason, Paul Rodriguez, L.A. Hardy, and more special callers. So stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in tonight. From myself, Chris Gorgeous, and all the random acts of the show, and Bobby Slayton, Peace, don't stay fat, and we'll speak to you next week. And now, a a buffoon's meeting with the Dean of Admissions at a prestigious college.